Welcome back to the Nil Nil Podcast. This is episode 38, and today we'll be doing a solo episode. Arnold is away, and he'll be back on our next episode so that we can take a look at the upcoming action on this coming up weekend. But for now, we'll look at what happened over this past weekend and into midweek since I'm recording this on the 7th of September. So let's jump right into it with the North American side of this coverage. Uh, So we had a couple of interesting results in the MLS, and we're going to start off with LAFC. They ended up having a win over Rail Salt Lake over the weekend. It was a 2-0 win, and after three consecutive losses, I'd say it was a very needed win, Uh, not just for the team, but for the fans as well. For the team, it's great that they ended up winning this game again because it's going to build up that morale. It's going to bring up some of that motivation to keep going because there's only a couple of games left in the season. And if they do want to finish up top, it's going to take all the effort that they've got uh, because this time around, they're not alone at the top of the table. Currently, Yes, LAFC is at the top of the table with 60 points, but alongside with LAFC is Philadelphia Union, who also ended up winning their game over the weekend, uh, 2-0 over the New York Red Bulls, and they're also at 60 points. The only difference being is that LAFC has one more game to play, and Philadelphia has already played that one extra game. Now, Looking at the action that happened in that game for LAFC, if you watch the game, you could say that the way that they played doesn't reflect a team that's coming from a three-game loss. Uh, I think that they played very well. I wouldn't say that this was an over-dominant performance, but it is a performance that I would like to see be consistent. Uh, Although this wasn't one of those 4-0 or 5-0, which could have easily been that result, but because they didn't really finish off their chances, well, the result just isn't reflecting that, right? Um, But this 2-0 win definitely shows that they're back to their winning mentality after those three losses. Um, But I'm, as a fan, I would say I'm very happy with the way that they performed. Uh, Out of the whole game, for me, the biggest highlight, and I'd say for the game itself, uh, was Boanga. Boanga was, I want to say, a really, really great fit into this team especially starting off he did get subbed out uh in this game but in the time that he spent on the field he was fantastic he ended up being the man of the match and i'd say what he did was everything we've always wanted brian to do but never really did apart from that the 
technical skill that he's got on the ball when he's got it in possession, dribbling it. Um, it's, I'd say, a little higher, much higher than what Brian had. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me the most, which was something that frustrated me about watching Brian, but brought me joy seeing Boangadu, was charging at the defenders, not just trying to go around them or outrun them on the sideline. He actually ran at the defenders and forced them to move back, creating space for himself and giving the rest of the team enough time to also catch up to him and get inside the box so that we can actually have a potential play develop out of that possession. Unlike with Brian in that comparison, um, it was always the same result and it was either a failed attempt at a cross or a cross that would just go way too far because he's just really trying to get past that one defender. Uh, But... Apart from that, defensively, I think that we did pretty well. Um, midfield was really great. I think Blessing had a fantastic game as well, getting into all those tight spaces, recovering the ball whenever we ended up turning it over. Uh, so it was, it was a great game, I'd say. I really love to see more of this LAFC team that showed up to this game. Um, I much rather have something consistent like this where they all have a very stable mentality. They kept looking for a goal, kept pushing and attacking throughout the whole game, as opposed to other times that I can recall where they would either sit back or just stand around not really doing much. So to see them be structured and organized while playing this match was a really refreshing sight. There was a moment where they had to defend for about, I don't know, five, ten minutes maybe, uh, in the second half where RSL just had LAFC backed up in their goal, where you could have easily thought that RSL was going to end up scoring and they were going to change the mood of the whole game, but somehow... LAFC ended up maintaining their form and were able to get out of that situation and take control of the game again. Normally, in previous LAFC matchups, I think the two things I've seen is they're either doing well, so they continue to attack and continue to have positive plays that will result in goals, so they'll end up having a large scoreline or the complete opposite where they will get scored on. And right after that happens, another one will go in and then another one. And eventually they just end up losing their mental strength and give up on the game. They'll just let whatever happens happen. And usually those are the ones that we end up losing. A perfect example of this is our matchups against the galaxy. I want to say that those are the ones where they ended up losing the majority of their motivation, their reason to keep playing when they get scored on. They, they get frustrated, in other words. But in this game, it was the complete opposite. It was like watching a completely new team that gained a new skill by doing this. So it's great to see it. And 
now that we're reaching the end of the season, it's going to be really important for them to continue this form, especially if they want to clinch that home field advantage for the playoffs. And I'm excited to see if they're also able to top the points that they ended up getting in 2019. So that is still to come in the next couple of games. I believe they're road games, so we'll end up seeing what happens there. Uh, So now let's move on to some of the other matches that happened over the weekend. Um, We had some results that are affecting the table standing, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, We'll point out Portland defeating Atlanta United 2-1. We also have the Galaxy drawing against Sporting Kansas City 2-2. Seattle defeating Houston 2-1. New England beating New York City 3-1. I'm sorry, 3-0. And we also had Nashville defeating Austin 3-0. And finally, we had uh, Philadelphia also winning 2-0. So from these results that I just mentioned, the ones for Portland... New England, Seattle, Galaxy. Well, we'll go by conference. Portland, Seattle, and Galaxy. In the Galaxy game, we have a very interesting result because although I didn't watch it, I am aware that it was a very winnable game for the Galaxy. And not because they were overly dominant, as the result shows they drew, but because they have a they had a very huge opportunity to seal off the game with a penalty kick if they converted this penalty kick they would have won the game and would have been 3 points ahead and if you're not aware uh they would also be in the playoff positions but Chicharito decided to go for a panenka the goalie did not move and simply caught the ball, which now gave us this result for the Galaxy, a 2-2 draw. With this 2-2 draw, they have now pushed themselves. I'd say they, that they were pushed out, but in this case, they pushed themselves out of the playoff positions and now dropped down to eighth with Portland having beaten Atlanta now moving up to the seventh position and with these current standings are currently qualifying for the playoffs. These last couple of games are just too important to be doing things like that. So if Chicharito ends up getting another penalty kick, I hope he ends up just striking it and going for goal because if he doesn't and if the galaxy don't get their act together in this they're going to find themselves outside of the playoffs by the time the season is over and like i just said everything that happens in these next couple of games dropping points it's going to be something that's going to change the whole bottom part of this playoff section 
currently what we end up having on the Western Conference is LAFC up top with 60 points. We have Austin in second with 51. Dallas, Nashville, Minnesota, Real Salt Lake, and Portland. Now, these bottom teams of the playoff, I'd say from probably Real Salt Lake all the way down to Seattle and maybe Vancouver, but mostly Seattle, uh, any of these teams can still make it to the playoffs. Seattle ended up winning their game over the weekend. With that win and the Galaxy drawing, they're just one game, one game win away with a Galaxy loss from drawing in points with the Galaxy, but they would need essentially two wins and a Galaxy and Portland loss in order to move into the playoff spots. So it's going to be interesting how these next couple of games end up playing out for these bottom teams. I think this is where all the excitement is right now to see who's going to make it and who's going to stay out. As an LAFC fan, I am happy for this result, and I'm hoping that the Galaxy don't make it to the playoffs. Now, if we take a look at the Eastern Conference standings for the playoffs positions, we have Philadelphia up top with 60 points as well, like LAFC. We have Montreal following in second, New York Red Bulls falling down to third, New York City FC in fourth, Orlando City in fifth, Columbus in sixth, and the New England Revolution rising up from the ashes and somehow finding themselves in seventh place and in current playoff position. So from a team that was, I want to say either at the bottom or very close to it, who didn't look like they were going to even make it anywhere close to the playoff spots, they have somehow now with as many as 11 draws, found themselves in a playoff position. But it's not guaranteed yet. They're currently the last position on there, the seventh spot. They're at 38 points, but they're not alone at that 38 points. They also have Cincinnati, who is also draw at 38 points. And Inter-Miami is also at 36 points, so not far back. I want to say the Eastern Conference is so much closer when it comes to the point differences. So these next five-ish games that are coming up can change, I want to say, position six, which is Columbus at 40 points, all the way down to Chicago, who is at 32 points, and they're in 13th place. So technically, mathematically, uh, any one of these teams still has the chance to make it off to the playoffs. The only one that doesn't, and with a decent exception, is at DC United with 17 losses and at 26 points. But other than them, everybody else still has a chance to make it to the playoffs. I don't know. I think that it's going to be 
a little tough for New England to maintain this position. If anything, I do see Cincinnati taking them over and making it into the playoff spot. But Cincinnati haven't really been their usual selves that had been dominating around midseason. Uh, Inter-Miami, I think, still has a chance. Another surprising rising team is Toronto, who are at 10th position. And they also still have a chance to come in. They're at 34 points. And with the boost that they've received from Insigne and Bernadeschi, um, they definitely do seem like they can end up getting into that Italian magic and uh, squeezing out a result, maybe in the seventh position to bring, bring them into the playoffs. So we will be keeping an eye on this for the next couple of games, seeing how close each team is getting, who moves up, who moves down. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all ends up finishing off at the end of the season. So this has been the MLS coverage for the weekend. I believe today, the 7th, we also have the U.S. Open Cup final between Orlando City and Sacramento. So when we get those results, we will discuss them in the next episode, which is going to be an interesting game because I don't think anybody expected Sacramento to be at this final. But I'm hoping to see a Sacramento win. I love an underdog story, so it's going to be interesting to see what the result ends up coming out of this. Now, moving over to the other side of the pond, in Europe, in England, in the Premier League, we had a couple of interesting matches, some interesting results, and the ones that ended up standing out the most to me were Everton-Liverpool, that's the Merseyside Derby and Liverpool as a Liverpool fan who is currently suffering. Uh, Manchester United and Arsenal. Aston Villa and Man City and Brighton Leicester. So we'll begin with Everton, Liverpool and the Merseyside Derby. I think that with Liverpool, they have now become the current emergency team or the team in an emergency rather. I think we still all have that memory of Liverpool contesting the Premier League title with Man City. We're all expecting Liverpool to do the same that they've done in the last couple of seasons. Either win by a good margin or at least not lose that many games. But... It seems like something is completely off with Liverpool this season because they have had probably one of the worst starts that I've seen in the last couple of years. It's kind of bringing me back to like the first time around that Klopp ended up taking over as manager, which was a struggle. You know, it wasn't that consistent. But this Everton game, I'd say, as I was discussing it with Arnold over the weekend, um, As a neutral or as an Everton fan, you would probably say this was an exciting game. As a Liverpool fan, this wasn't an exciting game. This was a disappointing game, and it was a very concerning game. Because essentially, 
all the players in the squad are still the same players from the last couple of seasons. And they're just not turning up. Van Dyke has improved in these last couple of games, but from watching him in the beginning, he's, I'd say, looked sluggish compared to previous seasons. He doesn't look that sharp, and he's been getting beat a bit more often. And I think that, if anything, I'd say it's probably exhaustion. But another player who has been now found in inconsistency, but usually is very consistent and very accurate with his playstyle, is Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he ate, what he's drinking, or what his lifestyle has been that has changed. But he is not playing anywhere near the level that everybody's used to watching him. His passing and his centering has just been very hit or miss lately. And it just has not been as accurate as the previous seasons that he's played. I think by now he would have had already a handful of assists to his name, but I don't think he's got either one or that many, but he's definitely been another downside in the squad so far. Again, I don't know what is different. Robertson as well. He has been getting subbed off and Samikas has been, playing his position when he gets pulled off the field. I believe that in this matchup over the weekend, uh, Tamikas is the one that ended up starting the game with Robertson finishing it. And when it comes to Darwin, he still hasn't proven anything. The only highlights for me in the Liverpool squad up till now have been Luis Diaz, who will manage to put the whole team on his back. That man just keeps on trying until he grinds out a result. Uh, As well as Harvey Elliott, after coming back from injury, he has been playing phenomenally. Uh, Sure, we don't have the results to reflect his play in the game, but for those who end up watching the game and watching him play, can easily tell that he is putting all the energy he has into getting some of it, some sort of result. Um, he also he always ends up going after lost balls and trying to recover. So he's been really good to watch. Uh, and finally, Fabio Carvalho has been a really, really good signing as well. He ended up having that last-minute winner in that Newcastle game, and you can definitely tell that he enjoyed that. But that those are probably the three highlights. Actually, now that I think about it, there's a fourth highlight, and that's Firmino. Firmino, who had not been seeing that much playtime, not just because of injury, but also because of the other talent that had been coming onto the team, like Diogo Jota. Um, and Luis Diaz, of course, were limiting him to being an off-the-bench player. Because of Darwin Nunes' red card, he was given the chance 
to start again, something that was very rare in the last season. Um, but it was great. And he has shown the quality that he still has. He has been very impactful, always going into those places that most other places players don't think about running into. And by doing that, simply just running in, maybe not even having the ball, just running in, he's pulling defenders away and opening some spaces for the other players to make a playoff of, uh, which is something that I'm not really seeing from the rest of the team. I think that I've seen this team progressively slowed down throughout the season and again I have no idea what it is I think Klopp needs to figure it out and this results and all the other results that we've had throughout these last six games of the Premier League reflect that Liverpool is nowhere in a competing form for this title I'd say that easily Man City might end up running away with the title this season. But on the other hand, they did end up drawing against Aston Villa over the weekend. That was a 1-1 draw. This was surprising because I just thought that Holland was going to end up dominating this league, uh, especially going into a team like Man City. But as Arnold mentioned to me uh, before, they still needed to figure out how to play with a striker. And I think they've figured it out and they figured it out pretty quickly. Uh, but in this game, there was a very, very controversial thing that happened, which was a Coutinho goal that was disallowed for offside, which if anybody has seen the replays can agree, there was no offside offside to begin with. And so this goal that Coutinho ended up scoring should have been valid, but because of the sideline ref lifting up their flag for an offside, they disallowed the goal. So unfortunately, Man City ended up drawing this game against Aston Villa, who could have come away with a win. We'll have to see if uh, Man City can rebound from this and continue to win or if this is also kind of a hint of them not being a hundred percent like they've been other seasons now moving down to Brighton and Leicester the reason that this game stood out to me was because of a high score in this yes we did have another one between Brentford and Leeds that was a 5-2 but Brentford Leeds has a higher chance of having a 5-2 unpredictable score than Brighton-Leicester. But Brighton have been playing pretty well and Leicester have been struggling since the beginning of the season. A lot of the changes that they've had in the team, not many players coming in and definitely more players going out, has affected this team. Uh, for me, the biggest effect is not having Schmeichel at goal and I think that this five goal deficit shows that I think that this is a very bad result for Leicester a very bad result for Rodgers who's going to end up having a lot of pressure on him to perform well on this next coming matchup that they have 
So we'll see what ends up happening with Lester and Rogers and seeing if he ends up getting sacked or decides to resign himself because this team is not going to look like it's going to be finishing anywhere near the top of this table, or at least not the top 10. And finally, we have the Manchester United and Arsenal game. I didn't watch this. I don't have all the details of what ended up happening in this match. For that, I think we'll just ask Arnold when he comes back in the next episode. Uh, But Manchester United, the one team that everybody probably thought was a dumpster fire just cruising through this season, has now somehow managed to turn things around. And after starting off the season with that loss against Brentford, they have now ended up winning against Liverpool 2-1, winning against Southampton, winning against Leicester, and winning against Arsenal. That is a four-game unbeaten run for them this season. We all thought they were going to have a terrible season, that Ten Hag was going to end up struggling, but they're probably not off as bad as everybody else thought. And the real dumpster fire at the moment is Liverpool. So it's going to be interesting to see where Manchester United end up going this season uh, with Ten Hag at the wheel this time. But it looks like it's going to be a very positive result. I think that what he's been able to do with the players that he currently has and not all the signings that he probably wanted, for now, it's a very, very positive outlook for Manchester United. So we'll see what happens. Now, moving on to a couple of other things that have happened um, so far which is the champions league and in the champions league we have had i want to say all teams play already uh we had chelsea losing being the first game of the champions league against dynamo zagreb 1-0 dortmund ended up winning against copenhagen 3-0 uh man city beat Sevilla 4-0. Salzburg and Milan ended up drawing. Celtic lost to Real Madrid 3-0. Leipzig, I was surprised to see, ended up losing to Shakhtar uh, 4-1. PSG defeated Juventus 2-1. I watched this game and pretty much the whole time PSG was mostly in charge, but... I want to say the second half, Juventus ended up changing a couple of things that ended up affecting the game in a positive way for them, but they just couldn't get that second goal either to draw it. Um, Weston McKinney, to me, happens to be the best player that Juventus have, who always ends up having some sort of impact on the team and in the game, this time getting that one goal back for Juventus. And we also ended up having Bayern defeating Inter 2-0. Ajax 
beating Rangers 4-0, Barcelona winning 5-1 with a Lewandowski hat-trick, I believe. Uh, And uh, I'll move on to the dumpster fire of Liverpool being a 4-1 loss against Napoli. I didn't get to watch this game because I didn't have access to this uh, streaming service. So all I know is that Liverpool ended up losing 4-1. to one. They didn't start off with um, Darwin Nunes. Uh, they also didn't start off Arthur. Uh, we had Firmino. We had Salah. We had uh, Milner, Fabinho, Elliot Robertson, Van Dijk, Gomez, and Alexander-Arnold. You'd say this is a winning team. This is the same team from last season. There really isn't much of a difference. But the results are just showing that this isn't the same team. And I just don't get it. Uh, So now, apart from the Premier League, they're also starting off the Champions League in a terrible manner. Uh, Rounding out the last results are Atletico Madrid with a 2-1 win over Porto. Tottenham beating Marseille 2-0 and Club Bruges beating Leverkusen 1-0. These are the Champions League results so far and although Liverpool probably had the worst result out of the whole Premier League side of teams that are taking part in the Champions League, Chelsea turns out to be the one that ended up suffering the most from this. Uh, With only three months into new ownership, Thomas Tuchel has now been the first, I want to say, manager from the Premier League to be sacked. Uh, And I'm not counting the Bournemouth coach or the Bournemouth manager who ended up getting sacked, uh, I want to say two weeks ago, because... That was more of a, I want to do things my way, fight with the ownership. You end up getting sacked because of yourself in that case. Now, this is the first manager to get sacked based on results. So this loss against Dynamo Zagreb was definitely the straw that ended up breaking the camel's back for Chelsea. And they have now sacked Thomas Tuchel. Um, And this was his 100th game. Unfortunately for him, there will be no 101 at Chelsea. Um, And the thing is that the last game that they had, it was against West Ham, and they ended up winning that 2-1. So still, I guess the new ownership just wasn't liking where Thomas Tuchel was taking this team. And unfortunately, they're out of coach and he's out of team. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Anyway, that is everything that I have to cover for now when it comes to both the MLS, the Premier League, and the Champions League. And we will end up doing the review for the upcoming matches over the weekend. And we'll go over also the results of the Orlando City and Sacramento game for the U.S. Open Cup on our next episode so we'll see you on episode 39 with both myself and arnold in that next episode so have a good one and 
We'll see you next time.